Gray Fox. Praise games. And welcome to Grey Fox Plays Games, the video games podcast where four friends jump on a podcast to talk about video games, what they love, what they hate, and all that sweet, sweet fandom in between. We are dropping on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whenever good co- good podcast services are found. Joining me on the pod this week, uh, a mild-mannered trophy hunter, a man who wrote on his last will and testament when he dies, he wants a Hunger Games-style tournament to know where his trophies will be donated. Mr. Alex Hemming, how are you doing? Hello, sir? I'm very good, thank you. Very, very good. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. I might have to write that one down. <laughs> and another man who, on his last will and testament, just put, bury me in the land between. It is Mr. Michael Carton-Edwards. How are you doing? I was on mute. It's a good, it's a good start. <laughs> it's a good start. Um, yeah. I, I, as I said, I, I'm, I'm very good. I was just marvelling at Mr. Hemming's FTR t-shirt. It is, it is delicious. Living legends, right? Yeah. What's, what's FTR? Absolutely. Uh, it can be whatever you want it to be. Exactly. <laughs> That's the secret. All right, let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. And then finally, our producer, Jonathan Moles, who on his last will and testament just left 30 pages of his own drawing of the 1980s film Commando. <laughs> John Moles, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thank you. That Yeah, that's fine. 30 pages. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, we so we could do a whole podcast of just quote it line by line if you want. <laughs> I have to say, although this isn't the Internet Does podcast, but uh, I think I think one of you guys shared it with me, or I might share it with you. I don't know where things start anymore. It's the Internet, but there's a um, a deep fake that has gone to the point of absolute creepiness, but also you've got to appreciate the art form of someone has smashed a deep fake Arnold Schwarzenegger's head over Kate Winslet in the scene we're all thinking about in Titanic. And it's not just uncanny, it's scary. They also use the voice uh, dub modulator as well with Arnie's voice to be like, Hey Jack, draw me like your girls. And <laughs> it's, the, it's the most haunting thing, but you can't unsee it. Have you all seen yes, this? Yes, I've seen the that. I've gone too far. seen a really good one of William Defoe as Pretty Woman, which is old. Yes, I've seen that as well. In the bath, in the bath, where she's like, oh. <laughs> uh, it just needs to stop, doesn't it? It does, but at the same time, at what point is that line? Is this line? Is it? Is the, are we at the line where it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Kate Winslet exposing his breast to a young Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio? <laughs> God, I hope so. Although you said that, I actually saw one of that same scene, but with Ron Swanson instead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the tash out in full glory. It's magnificent. I thought you were going to say, some, but again, someone, some fucker out there has done a Thomas the Tank mod over it. You know they have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and gentlemen, answer me this question three. What have you been watching, playing, or reading if you're cultured like that? I'm going to spin the wheel of choice and take us to Jonathan Moles and ask us what has been going on in the mole well, It's been quite, quite recently. Um, what have I been watching? I watched a BBC drama called Rose Red which I don't know if anyone watched that. It was this weird kind of bunch of teenagers get an app. People start dying. The app tells them to do stuff. It's all a bit weird. And I'm just sitting there like I'm a software engineer. and I'm picking holes in this stuff left, right and center. And this guy just like clicks his keyboard and completely hacks this person's phone. I'm like, this is bullshit. Why are we watching this? But my missus liked it. So I just powered through. Was it like in the time in, uh, in the last season of Dexter where he reverse engineers spyware? If he can see what's on my computer, I can see what's on his. That's how spyware works. You know know, the funny scene in South Park, the movie, where he goes, ah, they've got a firewall. I need to hack the encryption codes. And literally, done. It was like that. And I was just, oh, fuck. Oh, remember the TV show Scrubs? At least they legitimately took the piss out of this, just going, I managed to hack his computer. Oh, how'd you do it? I used his password. (laughs) <laughs> at least that would be more legitimate yeah. than like you say well, Dexter reverse engineering crypt uh, sorry spyware well, that, or whatever yeah. anyway, that'll lead us on to a topic later on about hacking but hey yo uh, I've been oh, I've been a bit of a cheapskate gamer I've been playing the monthly games and I have invested no shame yeah, in that my friends I nothing else tickles my fancy so just go with the freebies I've been playing Deathloop and the first couple of hours I didn't like it 
And I was a bit anxious about playing it because they shoved it down everyone's throats just before it came out. Oh, about it's goddamn liberals. Yeah, it's like, here's another trailer. Here's another trailer. Here's some gameplay trailers. Here's another game. It's like, okay, kind of ruining it. But I'm about 10 hours in and I'm kind of finding my feet. It's all right. Not too bad. It's worth I'm fascinated by this, right? There's not enough guns for my liking, no. There's a lot of powers. Did you? Did you? Because I think I mentioned to you in the chat before. Did you find it a bit better once you got those sort of weird couple, supernatural powers? I got a couple, but they don't really. I just want more machine guns, and there's only like <laughs> two. I'm just like, nah, nah, I might, I might not finish it, but it depends on how kind of how progressive it is, I suppose, in the storyline. But it's all right. It's a good concept. Like the concept. Haven't played online because yeah, I, I don't want people ruining it for me. Alex, I'd love to know what. So you said something there, and I'm exactly the same, right? How many times you picked up a video game and gone, not for me, and then you just persevere? Then after a time period, whether that's five hours, ten hours, fifteen hours, or a story beat happens, or a new gameplay mode open, you go, ah, oh, I get it now, I like it, and. Is, uh, Mike's like, no, if, I'm not, if I don't like it, I'm not going to play it. I'm one of those people that will, if someone tells me to persevere, I'll, I'll maybe give it a go. Or maybe I just, I don't know, whatever, right? But I, is the game getting better? Is my expectations getting lower? Or have I got Stockholm Syndrome from this game and all of a sudden I want to marry it? They're like, I'm, I'm yeah, fascinated I by I, this. I think, like I said, I've only played you know, about 10 hours, three nights worth. So... I don't know. Yeah, I'm just a bit disappointed in the in the lack of explosions and stuff. Like that, powers and stuff. Wasn't many Arnold Schwarzenegger it, it's cameos. Not commando. It's definitely not Commando. It's, not it's meant to be more of a stealthy game because it's made by the Dishonored guys. Um, yeah. But they didn't really market Either. it like that at all. They really no, go as just balls out guns. Like, oh, if you die, you can just start again. So I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. I'm progressing the story. I've got a few guns. I've saved a couple. I've got a couple of powers. I'm just like, now this is very samey. And I think there's going to be a point where I'm either going to power through and just finish it or just go, oh, look, God of War's come out. Mm, thank you very much. But there we go. That's what I've been mm. playing mostly because I'm a cheapskate and I can't be bothered to buy anything. That's me. Fair enough, Mr. Moles. I'm going to go to Mr. Carl Edwards and ask what the the Souls man has been going on. Uh, right. In terms of watching, I'll cover that off quickly. Tom Cruise. Uh, Mr. Moles uh, did a featurette recently on this show where he talked about all the Mission Impossible films and uh, myself and my other half decided to do the same. Because um, they'll, they'll go, <laughs> they, they go off Netflix in like a week, right? So it's like, let's get them over and done with because she'd never seen any of them. And first one, good. Second one, atrocious. Third one. One second, one second. For each one, give us lasagna numbers. How many? Out of five lasagnas. Okay. Five lasagnas. First one, I would give four lasagnas. Despite being very old, it is very memorable. And I, I, it's, it's very good. Um, the second one gets one lasagna, and that lasagna is purely because of Tom Cruise's hair. hair. Okay. <laughs> My God, what hair. That, like, honestly, that, that, oh. I, I, I found myself motorbike stunts. I I, forget that. It's dreadful. Apparently, they actually considered anything that wasn't dialogue to being slow motion, and apparently that's something they considered. No, no, they went through with it. The film's only twenty minutes long, but it goes on for two hours because the <laughs> slow motion is so bad. It's so so bad. Um, the third one, I would give five lasagnas. I thought the third one was brilliant because of Philip Seymour. That the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, I, I, I love that man. That opening scene where it's just like, who are yeah. you? I'm going to find her. I'm going to kill her. It's just like, there's something, just this fat man all of a sudden went from being this fat, horrible man to being actually the most scariest motherfucker in great. the world. Yeah, it I, I give it up. Um, I, I think then the next three all just kind of, they do kind of blur in to one another, I have I to say. I told you. Um, Ghost Protocol, Rogue, Mission, so Rogue, Holy so Out, I, whatever. I found I the fourth one really good. Uh, I would give that a, a comfortable Bird. four Bird. lasagnas, I would say. Um, the one where there's Dubai. No, yeah, the one with the... That's, that's yeah, Ghost Yeah, that one I was like, eh, that one didn't really do it for me, I have to say. Too much Jeremy Hawkeye. Um, that guy, not a fan. Fuck off, mate, yeah? Can't stand that guy. Um, <laughs> How many lasagnas? Uh, uh, three, I would say. But then the last one I three thought lasagnas. was pretty good. Um, I'd seen it before... 
and I didn't think it was very good. Then watching it again, it was pretty good. Uh, so I'd give that last one probably four lasagnas. I still think the third one is has the most amount of lasagnas to give. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that's, a sta- that's a stable average of four then, lasagnas. Though, then I was like, what other Tom Cruise films can I see? And I watched Jack Reacher. Yeah, And I thought that would be... No, no, right. Hear me out. I thought the film was pretty good. Uh, because it wasn't what I thought it'd be. I thought it, would, it was going to be, here's a load of guns, guns, explosions, explosions. Not at all. Completely the opposite. And the fight scenes were absolutely friggin' brilliant. There's only like three of them and they were great. Um, genuinely, the action sequences in it, I thought were absolutely incredible. Like, genuinely incredible. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it for some reason. I thought it was really slow Fair paced you, and friend. it was really fun. Um, anyway... On to playing. Now, I've been a busy bee. Yeah? A busy, busy bee. Yeah. I've tried a many... I've done a few things. The first one is, with Mr. Hemming's help, I'd like to thank you, Mr. Alex Hemming, for coming to a man in need. I've completed my Pokedex. Yeah? On Pokemon Sword and Shield, 400 Pokemon seen, a 400 Pokemon caught. Yeah? Whoop. I have to say, you're lucky you're getting married soon, my friend, because if you put that on your Tinder profile, you'll be smacked up know, right now son um, I mean the, the problem is there's like another 300 I have to catch in the Isle of Armour in Crown Tundra and I can't find any good online guides to point me in the direction of where the hell they are and I'm like speak to Hemming yeah, yeah I'm sure he's yeah, got something no, but then I started reading about I've got to do all these max raids and shit and I, nah the Dynamaxing nah, thing he, was like I'll, the I'll worst. hook you up I'll hook you up yeah because the Dynamaxing thing is the worst <laughs> part about the game you got any more of those Pokedexes yeah, yeah, I, I hate yeah, it I've got 13 Moltres in a box somewhere if you want some I got you hooked up here <laughs> yeah the, the Dynamaxing <laughs> thing was the worst part of the game it looks like I've got to do a load of that and I'm like nah I'm good um so then I've also and I, I need Hemming's help to figure out what Pokemon game to play next Thinking, obviously, a bit more of Brilliant Diamond because I never really played it. I got it. never really played it. Should probably crack on. But then I remember thinking back to when I was a kid, didn't really like those games too much. So, mm, interesting. Um, I also, I also, I also tried and uninstalled Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, unlike Moles, I do not give things three nights. I gave it my Monday. Yeah. Monday was bank holiday, and instead of paying my respect to the Queen, I paid respect to some Vikings. And annoyingly, I wanted to play Odyssey. It's not on PS Plus for some reason. It's the only friggin' one that isn't. So I was like, okay, let's play Valhalla then in a Viking setting. This isn't going to be very good. And the... uh, Alright, it all goes to pot very early on when I'm forced to play as a child, and I can't go faster than a walk. And I, I, immediately I was furious. I was like, no, why am I, what is this? No, no, no. This is everything I hate about video games right here. You're forced to go down a linear path. Oh no, but this is the thing. It's not linear, right? It's not linear. You, you go randomly and, oh look, you're at, you've actually been funneled down a path, but you're not meant to realise you are. And every time you go to a certain point of this path that you don't realise is there, new things happen and some zany character comes in that you're probably going to have to see when you have the inevitable fast forward scene and then it's like, oh, look at him all growing up. And there's that kid that you bumped into in that fucking hall at the start. And it's like, shut up. Honestly, mate. Uh, I just, I, I, I played it. That is such a worn out trope, I, isn't it? Of, I'm going to do the tutorial as a kid and then I'm an adult. And that was 10 minutes ago. It feels like it was 10 minutes ago. It was actually two hours ago because I was so bored. Um, yeah, I get you, I get you. I mean, like, impressions of the game. I thought the graphics were fine. The gameplay was fine. The crafting and the fucking equipment was all fine. I can. This is the highest I view I could be, have hoped you from Assassin's Creed games, to be honest. <laughs> and get like a hawk thing, which I thought was yeah. actually pretty good. Um, I did find that like my, everything around getting places was rendered completely pointless. I remember playing the first couple of Assassin's Creed games, right? I really liked one. I liked two even more. And I was like, okay. And I swear there was some skill to climbing up shit instead of just holding forward and holding X. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they got rid of that yeah, in... Up, yeah. I can't remember which game it was. It might have been Origins. Unity was the, Unity was the last one where they... they basically, Unity was where they perfect, uh, perfected yeah. it. Not Unity, sorry, Syndicate. 
uh, was the one they perfected, the one based in London. And then because that didn't do so well, that's when they scrapped the whole thing and done the RPG stuff and Origins, like you say, is the first one where it was just a case of no school. Yeah. They literally you just decided everything is climbable, just run up it and you're fine. That seemed to be the case. And I was like, okay, well, there's no it sense <laughs> of danger from any of the environment. Fine. I had to sail. I got on a little Viking longship and there was a bug. Yeah, there was a good. bug that didn't allow me to set the sail. And I was like, so it took me about 20 minutes to sail to the place that should have taken about 20 seconds. And I was sitting there gritting my teeth because every time I pressed the set sail button, as in hoist the sail mateys, it like glitched out and went down again. And some dialogue played that crashed. And I was like, this isn't selling to me very well. Then I got to a camp and I was like, okay, here's some, here's some booty that I can steal. And then, and then I was met with wave upon fucking wave upon wave of bland enemies. And I, I, I was, I was, I was hacking them away. And by that point I've been playing for a couple of hours and I already had four fucking pickaxes I could use. I had no idea which one was better than the other ones. I was like, fine, this is all just... No, I like loot. Give me loot. I'm a Diablo 3 vet, my friends, okay? I like loot. Nah, mate. This is not loot. This is shit. And I... Anyway, I started hacking at these dudes. And I was like, okay, right. If I hold that, I get a hard attack. If I do that, I do that one. Every now and again, I can press the button to stun them and blah, blah, blah. I thought to myself when I was killing, like, the 18th dude. I looked at the skill tree and... I know that we exchanged some texts about skill tree progression, right? And I, I exclaimed when I, what I like about loot is the classic 1.4% more sharpened damage or, you know, great. Not in a skill tree. I've expressed it on this show before that a skill tree... I feel like we're being no, told no, off a skill here. tree. <laughs> a skill tree is meant to give you abilities, motherfuckers. I'm just swearing endlessly. Apologies, Flint. Um, a skill tree is meant to give you abilities. The size of that skill tree in in Valhalla is is an insult. It is absolutely oh, ridiculous. I know. I googled it because I wanted to see, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" And I was like, "How is any of this meaningful?" And it is, seems to just be designed for you to go onto the store and click the let's unlock the 50% more XP boost for £14.99. And it's like, nah, mate, this is absolute nonsense. Because as I was killing these dudes and I was thinking, because you know in Batman, you start off pretty basic. You just press square in a rhythm, in a, in a rhythmic fashion. Uh, but then you, you look on this, the abilities and you're like, wow, I could unlock that ability soon. Excellent. And you've got things to look forward to. With this, I was just like, there is nothing that I'm going to unlock that is going to make this fun. Nothing. Unless there is a become Batman button, right? And, uh, I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> like, this is just seems shit. And yeah, I got to the point and after about, I think I, I, I hooked up about, I think about five hours and I went, I'm now, I have had my fill. No, thank you. Good night. And I uninstalled it to make room for, I wanted to try out GTA Online. I know, Flint, you've been talking about it a little bit. And yeah, I've installed that today. And yeah, I've got, apparently, I've got a character on there that I didn't know about. Level eight, apparently. Clumsy, it says. It says I'm clumsy on it. And I was like, oh, thanks. So that's going to be my little thing for this week. I'm going to try and do that. And um, and never play an Assassin's Creed game again. Sorry for this. I've been taking, speaking for like ten minutes straight. Apologies. It's all right. It's all right. Well, so I, you tried. Me and Heavy need to go sit on the naughty step for for saying. Right, like, like, uh, one but, other uh, question. One other question, right? Because this thing, I can get away with it if they're like The Witcher, for example. When they first released that game, I was like, wow, this is a buggy piece of shit. Like the graphics were weird. The, the inventory screen was an absolute abomination. Everything was difficult. The combat was dodgy. The movement was terrible, especially coming from Bloodborne. However, the story, I was like, I'm interested in who these people are. I hadn't read the books by then. I'd not played a witch game before, but I was like, this is already intriguing to me from the get go. I, I was playing this game and it just like the Assassin's Creed game. And it was just the most soulless load of shite that I've ever seen. Like, it was just like, nothing about it meant anything. It was just, it was like dumbed down sludge to force feed to as many people as possible. And it's like, 
where, at what point does this ever become interesting to anyone? Because it's, it's made for people. It's made for people that buy, like they're the people that go, oh, the new Call of Duty's out. I'm going to buy that. Oh, the new Assassin's Creed game's out. I'm going to buy that. The new Thief is out. I'm going to buy that. And that's their three games they play. That's it. They've got their story game. They've got their shooty game. They've got their footy game. And that's all they fucking know. And it's like, that is, and it's the most dumbed down nonsense to appeal to the people that only get three hours to play on a Saturday when they finally shut their crappy kids up. That's it. And it's like, <laughs> nah, nah. Misses in the, in, the, in the front room getting smashed on Carver. And it's like, all right, I'm going to play some of those trash. And it's like, no brain cells to even contemplate there might be something better in life than this piece of shit. Jesus Christ. Sorry. I'm hot now. Well, I'm I, hot. I, 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 oh. you, you're coming in hot, Mike. You came in hot there, pal. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I don't know if this answer has ever got to suffice you on this, pal, but what I will say is that um, Assassin's Creed games are at their best when you're not spend, you're not aimlessly wandering around. This is not an aimlessly go explore game when you have some purpose, and that purpose tends to be defined by a story beat where you have been wronged and it's a typical revenge story. That's the basis of pretty pretty much every Assassin's Creed game, whether it's your father's been killed, or your family's been destroyed, your tribe's been destroyed, your brother has been assassinated. Yeah, it always goes with a big wrong has happened to you, and as part of that big wronging that's happened to you, you go to correct that wronging or take vengeance, and you discover that that person who inflicted this upon you is actually part of a bigger organisation. That bigger organisation tends to be the Templars, Assassin's Templars thing. And what happens is that you get given a a uh, a tree. <laughs> You'll love to hear this. A tree of people to go find and assassinate. And then all of a sudden it becomes a sandbox. It's a, oh, okay, there's this person in this city over there. I need to find them. But the way I can find them is by either doing side quests. And from those side quests, I get clues to go find them. Or you do other story beats and from those other story beats you get other clues for things like that or you can just do what i did and googled where the fuck's this person they're wandering around here okay i walk up to him stab him in the back oh well i saved myself two hours of content there um but the point is is that going through that journey is a bit of a feedback cycle it's a bit of a feedback loop you get lots of xp for it you tend to get a good weapon in some case more cosmetic rather than just stats so you get something that's like oh cool it's got fire stat that sort of thing also without any help of knowing like what the real good abilities are you will get lost in that skill tree very very easily so like dual wielding um, it's not something very obvious, but actually you, should, you you want to dual wield basically instantly so that you can do some cool stuff and that kind of thing. The point is, is that that's when Assassin's Creed is singing. Um, I will agree that Valhalla does not have the same variety that your Odysseys or Origins had in terms of colour and life and, and you're going to no, argue about I, was just I know ask, the game this is why other people I was just going to ask how many fucking stealthy Vikings have you ever met or read about in history books no yeah and yeah, yeah this is where it's like, stealthy pirates like I don't know man like but you <laughs> right, can yeah, say yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the thing is I remember playing Assassin's the first two right I remember playing those and I was like yeah. right stealthy stealthy have a good time and it, and it, the, the setting fit the narrative and I, and I enjoyed yes. those games. I completed number two for Christ's sake. It didn't be number one because it was quite boring. Quite yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ezio was the man. man. Yeah. I love that guy. And the goat. I was just playing this and I was like, if, if, if you hadn't put, if, if I hadn't have had to click download on uh, then the game being called Assassin's Creed, I would never have known guess, it was yeah, that. Yeah, Rose by and you just name. said that, yeah. that it's the same story in all of these games, essentially. And you've just admitted yourself that you sacked off the story and Googled it so you can run up to the dude and kill them. So it's yeah. like... I just enjoy the feedback loop and just having a podcast on the background and just running around and killing some stuff. Heming will actually notice. I mean, like, again, I must, honestly, I, I can tell you. I don't mean, no, no, I'm not I... trying to say that you guys are bad for liking this game or like, you know, you're wasting your time. <laughs> I'm not trying to besmirch your honour. I have to say this. But like... <laughs> let me, let me, can I, may I? Sure, may sure, I? sure, may sure, I? sure. So I did not like the story for this game. I did not like the story for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I thought it was dull. I skipped most of the cutscenes. I did like the future stuff, because I'm one of those weird people who likes this weird overarching story that they've had since the original game of modern day times and all this weird animus stuff. 
So I so enjoyed even that. Even Assassin's Creed fans, we're divided. Yeah. I think Hem is a twat for life. There you go. Like, I love the guy. Come on, man. No, the well, North wait, 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 is still around. What? Uh, no, no, no. He died after Assassin's Creed 3. It's a long thing. Sorry, spoiler alert. But yeah, yeah. they're still carrying it spoilers, on. spoilers, because he, he might show up. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I skipped those cutscenes. Well, there you go. You missed a part. He was in the credits. Um, I just find these RPG versions of the game. So your Origins, your Odyssey, your Valhalla... They are, for me, I just shut my brain off and then I let my brain the enjoy the feedback loop yeah. of go to a question mark, tick off the question mark, go to a question mark, tick off the question mark. It just feels that nice, satisfying thing to have in the background. I did not concentrate much on this game, to be honest with you, apart from the future stuff and the mythological stuff. I did enjoy when you went into sort of the weird Norse mythology and went into those areas. I thought that was cool. But yeah, the actual overarching story of taking over the counties of England, I could not give a shit. Apart from running around Colchester, I had fun doing that. <laughs> i tell you what, though. Nothing like Colchester now. I didn't mean to sidetrack this show. Right? Just, uh, I start, no, I've no, been good. banging on Assassin's Creed for a long time, and I finally played a motherfucker for more than, you know, I, for, I actually play, gave it some hour, hours, you know. And, um, That's all we can ask. Yeah, I mean, I, I am I am disappointed I didn't get to play Odyssey because I feel like that setting uh, would speak to me a lot more. Because I like the only reason I'm ever going to play uh, about about four years ago, brother, it was an open weekend. And I recommended it to you. You sent me a text very similar to what you just described there. So when you said I want to play it again, I was like, Oh, did I try that one? Did I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did not like it. It's, it's kind of similar. You said maybe that's why you said <laughs> you saw it in your library at one point. You downloaded yeah. a trial. <laughs> All right. Well, never mind. I, 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 look, if what what was hey, just, so I think it's a, I think so. Gave it a go. A one. Place What's the next one about? Mirage. Mirage is going to be a sort of throwback to the old Assassin's Creed style, like two, uh, set in Baghdad in around the same sort of time period as the original Assassin's Creed. So it's going to be a much more back in the old stealthy, stealthy, fun times way. You might like you it might more. like it more than you did this because yeah. it's not going to be open world nonsense. It's going to be just sort of a. And I think they'll actually make parkour hard and like you're going to have to master it and actually That's another thing. feel like you're achieving something. When I first started playing, right, and I was like scaling up a fucking house, I was like, how many Vikings do you know that could do this? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it feels very out of place. He seems to be like a cat-like creature. Like, <laughs> They'd usually just set fire, though, wouldn't they? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It just, nothing it fits. I've, I just assumed the Viking would just go rape it. <laughs> like a good old-fashioned pillage, you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah, exactly. You do, you do pillage, though. There's a lot of pillaging in it. You, know, you go raid villages and stuff. But again, and this is that point earlier, like you only unlock that stuff like after a very long time of uh, going through it. And I don't know, is it like Stockholm Syndrome where we go, oh, I just enjoyed a loop? Or is it, I don't know, yeah, probably an interesting study. And uh, scholars, we talked about it for years. But um, just to quickly round this off before we go into news, uh, and uh, I'm going to go bury my copy of uh, Hallen now and just be like, oh my days, I know the error of my ways. Um, Games-wise, uh, I've been playing Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Um, I'm about, I think I'm about three quarters of the way through. You know what I love about Crash Bandicoot games? Playing as Crash Bandicoot. Oh, I know. You know what I don't I love know where this is going. about Crash Bandicoot games? Don't worry, don't worry. I don't think I'm going to be able to top Michael's ceremonial burying of Alana. But I hate it when a game goes, hey, you're going to come play Crash Bandicoot. And you start playing as Crash Bandicoot. And then they go, oh, you're not going to play as Crash Bandicoot now. You're going to play as this guy for a bit. And I'm like, why? This isn't play as Neo Cortex for a bit. Or come play as... Coco for a bit. I want to play Crash Bandicoot. That's the name of the game. Simple things in life, right? Yeah. Mike is giving the hands up. How did you feel about how, how did you feel about Metal Gear Solid Two? <laughs> I was I was too young to be honest to really know what was going on, other than just oh, okay. I'm sure I'll play a Snakers a bit. Oh, I've completed it. Actually, that's pretty good. Um, I had been suckered in by that point. Hideo Kojima was like the first person to sucker us, but it's not like he. I mean, to be fair. The only thing they sold us on Metal Gear Solid 2 was the, the, the intro, the boat thing. The only thing we ever saw was that. And then it's like we never knew whatever happened after that. So, yeah, I wasn't, I, I didn't throw my TV out the window then. I probably would have now, to be fair. I'm a big man baby now, but at the time I wasn't actually that bothered by it. Um, but uh, when I actually am playing as Crash Bandicoot, it's a delight. 
Toys for Bob make a damn good Crash Bandicoot game. Um, I am compelled to complete it because I like completing Crash Bandicoot games. I feel like I've achieved something. Uh, I'm not very good at them, by the way. Like I just I, I complete them. I don't I don't have like all the the apples and stuff like that. Um, also, uh, I am getting that bit closer to my first platinum. I want to platinum Resident Evil Village before the new DLC comes out because it'll be sod's law. They'll just go, "Hey, we're gonna add some more trophies in." You know, complete it in third person. Complete You'll be fine. This, this. You'll be fine. No. No, no, I want that damn platinum. I am two trophies away. I need to get every goat of warding, and I need to... I know this is stupid. I can do this at any point. Mix every ammo type. I just need to buy the recipe for the rocket pistol thing and then do it, and then I'm done. So it's basically just one last playthrough. I finished the knife one with the lightsaber thing the other day. So I am this close. I can, I can taste taste that first platinum, and I will share that video and stream it as I as I and as it pops. Yes, is that what they say? Yes, that the kids say? Yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Join us. Yes. Uh, in regards in regards to watching um, House of Dragon, um, I got to be honest. For a show called House of Dragons, not many dragons. Like, you see, like, maybe one or two dragons there per episode, but it's not like the ratio of dragons I expect to be a lot higher. Also, not many houses, but I'm not complaining about that part, right? You know, the, the, the dragons is doing more of the heavy lifting of the things I want to see in this show. Also, like, this is no spoilers. I think it's well documented out there in public forums that they do time jumps quite a bit in this show. So one epi- no, one, no two episodes take place in... Uh, the same sort of short period of time and they're not very good at explaining the time jumps so they'll just be like oh suddenly go do you remember that thing that happened two years ago <laughs> and i'm like well i'll just watch that oh okay right it's gone to that and apparently the whole cast next week is gonna age up and they've just like completely basically uh saved by the bell new class them and I was like, oh, man, I just started getting used to these guys. And I'm thinking that's literally because you're Kit Harrington's, you're Amelia Clarks of the world, who basically said to HBO, you want more seasons? Pay that bank. And this is basically HBO going, ha-ha, we'll age them out every few episodes. <laughs> we'll never have to get that popularity ever again. Um, and, uh, Mike, I'm surprised you didn't raise it, although you probably watched it weeks ago anyway. Um, I finished watching Cobra Kai, the latest season. Now, I, I hold my hands up and say, when I first started watching this season, I was like, I ain't digging it. Like, the, it's, the acting feels Hollyoaks bad. Like, has the writing changed? Uh, and, like... I don't know. I thought there was no purpose. And then all of a sudden the purpose presented itself. And I don't know when it happens. This happened in the previous season as well of Cobra Kai of when it finds its footing and these middle-aged men are far too obsessed about the Hill Valley under-18s karate tournament and it's about honour and quite literally, and this is not an exaggeration, life or death now starts coming into play. I'm, 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 I'm committed, mate. I'm... I'm obsessed. I'm I'm compelled to watch the end of this. And yes, it was beautiful. Terry Silver is the villain of my dreams. <laughs> He's just amazing. This silver fox, of which I hope we all grow up to be one day, is just absolutely incredible. Um, I don't know if there's going to be another season because the Uber contracts that the creators had with Netflix finished with this season. And without giving spoilers, they do conclude certain elements to the point where if there is no more episodes, they could just say, that's it, we're done. Like, let your let your imagination go where it could go next, but we're, we could say it's kind of done. And what's worrying is that the writers actually have moved on to another project already. Um, there is, uh, what's it called? Ferris Bueller's Day Off. They're doing a prequel C- TV show to that in the same sort of vein for Netflix. Also, The Karate Kid, which is owned like in terms of uh, IP by Will Smith. And Will Smith has just allowed Sony to go do another reboot, which is going to be coming out in 2024. Um, yeah, Will Smith basically acquired the rights so he could get his son to play The Karate Kid in that 2010 reboot that I don't think many people talk about. Probably, I was more rolling my eyes at the fact they're doing another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and here's the storyline. Here's the, only, the press synopsis there is. Nothing to do with... And this is where I get really annoyed. I don't want to get on my high horse. And if you want to hear me get on my high horse about films, talk film with me. But um, there's one thing I hate, is that when a reboot slash... I don't know what you call it, like a, a uh, soft sequel. It's a reboot, but it's a sequel, but it's kind of linked to the past. They don't have Ghostbusters completely failed. Of Oh, no, this is its own thing. It's set in a separate universe. And the first trailer for that movie said, 30 years ago, four scientists saved New York. And it's like, no, you're trying to cash in on the popularity 
now and you're trying to give out it's kind of a sequel but it's not you're, you're screwing the fans anyway that another time what they're saying in the synopsis of this film set 40 years after the event of the Karate Kid a, uh, a, a foreign exchange student from Beijing comes to New York and starts to teach a student in their class's dad karate and it's like that's nothing to do with the original movie. Why did you have to say forty set forty years before the uh, after the events of the Karate Kid? Now, unless that kid's surname is Miyagi, or that middle-aged man they bump into is Daniel Larusso, and the actor who plays him, Ralph Macho, has come out and said nothing to do with us. We wish him well, though. So I ain't jazzed about this. No lasagnas. <laughs> And uh, I appreciate this uh, This intro has gone into 35 minutes, but just to kind of wrap off on reading, uh, I have been going through uh, Back in the World of Batman, uh, the latest run on Batman. I can't remember the gentleman's name. It's Chip something. The guy who made Daredevil great again. He is currently the editor-in-chief on Batman. And God damn it, he's making Batman great again. I highly recommend you read his latest run. He's kind of slowly course-correcting all the shit stuff they've done over the last 10 years in Batman. Sorry, Tom King, but you did do some bad choices. Um, and they're starting to slowly course correct it and the artwork it's the same guy who worked with Scott Snyder on the um, Court of Owls stuff so if you like the artwork of that he is back with arguably one of the best writers in comics in the last 10 years and you'll never guess what you'll never guess what hot damn it's good Um, so yeah really recommend the latest Batman run going at the moment anyway gentlemen I think we are sufficiently lubricated up we're uh, Mikey you're You cool down now fuck Oh my god, we're 35 minutes in, I've still not done Heming! Jesus Christ, I'm, Heming! I'm alright, mate, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> no, no, tell us what you've been watching, reading, playing, and EGX. Fuck it, don't We're going to do that now? Well, we're going to drop that in? Yeah, we'll, sp- well, we're going to, look, okay, production meeting, mid-pod, we are going to pause the wheel, and we will do the wheel next episode, so we can do proper news at EGX, because we've got to talk about the leaks, that sort of stuff. Mike is despairing. No wheel, mate. But you cut. Fucking hell, what is that? No wheel, no Mikey. <laughs> Put that shit on a t-shirt. Uh, anyway, speaking of nice t-shirts, heavy, please. Sorry, go for it. <laughs> no, it's no worries. It's not a problem at all. Um, with Mikey playing Pokemon, I've actually been playing something called Temtem, which is a Pokemon game in <laughs> all but name. You went and found the fucking budget, yeah, uh, store, like like <laughs> store uh, store brand Pokemon game. It's, Have you not finished completing the world already? Yet? Yeah, I've, I've played most of this. I needed a new one. It's it's <laughs> actually pretty good, to be honest with you. It's been in early access for ages, and they've now finally released the finished version, the version one And yeah, it is unashamedly a Pokemon clone, uh, but with quite a few little quality of life things in there. So, for example. Uh, Mike will get this. Yeah, got a little Estus flask. So instead of having to go to a a Pokemon Center or a Temporium, as they're called in this game, you can just have a chug of your Estus flask and your whole team is just back at full health. You haven't got to go with that annoying animation, you know, boom, boom, boom. (laughs) Because every time when you're running up a route in Pokemon, you get about halfway and you're like, ah, my team's dead. I've got to go heal. Run all the way back, heal, run all the way back through. Now you can just chug... And keep going. It's great. Chug a lug. I like it. Oh, yeah. Chug. Chug, baby. Um, so, yeah, it is, it's very, very colourful. It's very kid-friendly. It does have some live service stuff in it, so it's got like a battle pass kind of thing in it. Uh, all for cosmetic stuff. Yeah, because of course it does. But it's not really that intrusive. And I've just been enjoying it. And it's got some lovely animations. Uh, and it's slightly different twist in the battle mechanics. So instead of PP, with a designated number of times you can use an attack, you've got a stamina bar, and each attack takes up a certain amount of stamina. Once that runs out... Game changer. It's, yeah, I know. Once you run out of that, you can still do an attack, but it will damage your Temtem. I know, it's a weird name to get used to. So quite often... Is that an Australian biscuit? <laughs> it does sound like it should... That's a Tim Tam. There you go. Tim Tam. Ah, sorry. <laughs> You're close. So you're uh, catching so, yeah. biscuits. I, I have been enjoying it. It's not, uh, I think it's about 29 quid in the store. Um, it's worth a look if you're after a Pokemon game and need something before Scarlet and Violet that isn't one of the other Pokemon games if you haven't played them all like I have. <laughs> I've, I've, I've just been looking at some short videos of this game and mm. I haven't played a Pokemon game for many, many a year. And if you put this in front of me, I said, oh, it's a new Pokemon game. Literally, yeah. 
It's yeah. po- it is literally Pokemon. It's unashamedly. Like, How are the, they not getting sued for this? It's I don't know. I think they've obviously it's legally different enough that they can get away with it. But I mean, the very start of the game, you're woken up by your mum in your bedroom because it's your first day of going to Temtem school. You meet a professor that gives you a choice of three starter Temtems. You then go into the long grass and learn how to catch them by throwing a thing at them. It's identical. Is your, is your best friend called Brick? <laughs> No, you can't name your best friend, sadly. But it, it's it's identical. And Love yeah, it. It's quite good fun. And just, the one main thing that I've been really enjoying, just for Mikey, it is completely co-op. And it's an MMO. So oh, wow. people are playing online at the same time as you. And if you want to play with a friend, you just stand in the same area of the world, choose to co-op, and then you are battling two-on-two, one of your Temtems, one of their Temtems, keep fighting all the way through the game. Is it just a quick I mean, look, that sounds amazing, to be honest. It sounds literally right, right on my street, bruv. You know what I mean? Um, the, um, what other quality of life features have they got? Because like, the thing with Pokemon is that, is that everything takes f- forever. And mm. on my quest to catch 400 of the little twats, I've, you know, very much, <laughs> I'm very bored of many of the animation screens. You know what I mean? And it's like, I very, this sound, I'm quite ashamed to admit this. I only realized I could turn off battle animations far too late into my, mm. into my gaming time there. Um, because I like, I always like watching the colorful antics, right? So like, um, what, uh, what other things do they do to make it, I suppose, different? Because surely if you're going to rip something off, the aim of the game is to do it in a way that's recognisable, yet also mm. better in certain ways, so that the people that do play it go, "Oh, I quite like that. That's quite good." It's not. You've done the thing the other people wouldn't. Precisely. Yeah. The, the main things, as a, the main thing that I've noticed so far, because I'm only a, a few hours in. I think I've got to like the third town, second or third town. The main difference so far is just that there are little sort of way station Pokemon centers along the way. There's a lot, uh, and you've got the Estus Flask that you can chug whenever you want. Lots of just little things like that that mean that you don't have to constantly be going back to the Pokemon Center to heal and watch that animation over and over again, which just saves you so much time. That on its own has been a big difference. I've also got one one last question. Apologies, Flint. You you, You shouldn't bring me on the show, mate. I just completely... Just, just, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a few weeks, we mate. It's been a few de- weeks de- since you've de- been de- on. De- right, you know you- I mean? um, right, you know when Bloodborne came out and it was like, oh, instead of it being souls, it's blood echoes, and instead of you know, <laughs> and everything was blood instead of instead yep. of instead of souls. Like what? What is it like a tem tem? Everything ball? is tem. So it's like a yeah, tem. So ball. no, no, it's a tem card. So you're catching them with cards. <laughs> you catch them with um, cards. Yeah, they don't quite explain how. They kind of... They even play a little theme tune that says, capture, capture, got to capture them all. Got to <laughs> capture them all. It's not Pokemon. It's distinct. Yeah, you don't have a Pokedex. You have a Tempedia. You don't have a Poke Center. You have a Temporium. Uh, you have Tem cards. You have the... Uh, oh, my God. What else is there? <laughs> Those are the main ones that are popping into right. my head right now. Right. Last question. It's just ten puns. Last question. The main draw of the Pokemon mm. games is the fact that Pokemon look cool. Yes. When I was seven, now I'm just like old man catching furry creatures. What? Um, the Temtem designs are they actually any good, or is it like Digimon where they look mental? They don't look mental. They are more cutesy. So they do look more, they look very kid-friendly. I mean, if you were a kid nowadays, it's kind of the same sort of art style of a lot of cartoons that are around at the moment. So I think it would do very well in that market. They still look good. And the animations are very good as well. Each one has like individual really interesting animations. One has its little ears with like a bell on the end that jingle as it walks. It's very cute. Quick fire round. No elaborate explanation, just one word. Best Pokemon character design. Michael Carden, Edwards, Moles, Hemming, me. What the best looking Pokemon or the best design? Yeah, yeah. Well, best looking. You're not, you're not gonna fuck it, but like just the <laughs> <laughs> best character. The Shag Mary Kill of Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. Okay, Shag Mary Kill of Pokemon. No. Okay, right. Okay, Shag Jigglypuff. Okay, I'm gonna marry Pikachu, <laughs> and I'm going to <laughs> cut that, cut that, I'm cut going that, to cut Kill that, Charizard that. because I feel like I've saved a bunch of people's lives. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what has happened 
<laughs> anyway, back to the most dopest mm, design, yes. Michael Card Edwards. My favorite Pokemon is Gengar. I think a lot of people's favorite Pokemon is Gengar because he looks like an evil bastard. So yeah, I like Gengar. Moles. Oh, the best one. I used to um. Oh, what was the ice bird called? Articuno. So that one, that in the um series was pretty dope. I'm gonna go with that one. Ice bird. Nice. Right. Having. Um, I always liked the design of Lapras. It was just a nice little dinosaur with a shell on its back that you could ride on. Fair enough. I, I, I'm a Charizard boy. Like that fucker was was intensely scary in the TV show when it popped up, and then when I unlocked it, I always got my chame- chameleon or whatever it was fucking called, little red little dragon guy. I always picked that guy, but I always thought Bulbasaur looked pretty dope, and my kids really like Bulbasaur, so maybe it's a genetic thing, who knows? But um, yeah, that was the that's that's the one. I should point out that there are other sexy Pokemon out there. Jigglypuff's just the first name that comes to the head. No <laughs> no no sh- no pokey shaming here. Mm, do not rule thirty four <laughs> Pokemon. Yes, be careful with that. <laughs> Herring, okay, so that's what we've been playing, what we've been watching, reading, and then let's tell us where you've been going. <laughs> I haven't been watching too much, so I will save some time here. Um, do you want me to jump into the EGX now? Jump, jump it. We'll jump, jump right it, in. So this it. weekend was EGX in London at the XL. And he was our man on the ground. Yeah, I was there on the ground getting all the scoops. Uh, I've been every year since 2013. This is the first one that's actually been since covid and it was noticeably smaller in terms of the turnout. There were a lot fewer big budget booths that were there. There used to always be like a massive PlayStation section, a massive Xbox section. Now it was just a couple of big games and then just a lot more indie stuff. And there were a lot more retro things around at the time. Uh, the big main draw games. First one I went to go to see was Sonic Frontiers. Anybody have any interest in Sonic Frontiers here? I kind of have, but that's just because I really like shit games. Morbidly, I think, is my answer here. <laughs> okay, all right, that's the correct answer, because it looks not very good. Um, as soon as you start it, it puts you in this cutscene of just Sonic on the ground in the rain. The textures of the grass look bad. It looks really bad. And the rain How effects... How far are we away from release? Uh, I think it's November. It said so. We're so only basically what you see. What you're seeing is what you get. Pretty much, I would imagine. Um, so it, it didn't look great. I didn't think the voice actor for Sonic was very good. But you know, he's only got a couple of lines at that point. And then why didn't they get the guy from the movie? I don't know. Maybe he cost too much. Who knows? Yeah, but like, should he say? Should like he's Sega's guy? He also does the voice of loads of TV shows for him. Maybe check it out. Anyway, Maybe it is that guy, and I just don't like his voice. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, but Sonic the Hedgehog shouldn't be talking in at all. <laughs> Back in my day, Sonic didn't speak at all. He collected rings, and he used to flicker when he got hurt. Yeah. Did this guy flicker? Did he flicker? <laughs> he d- he didn't flicker. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but my first major complaint of the game, and it's I didn't realize it until about 15 minutes into my demo experience, the tutorial. Not sexy enough? No, it's not. The, there was no. <laughs> it was just <laughs> sexy enough. It was perfect. <laughs> there are you start the game and there are rings in front of you there's a little valley there are rings in front of you what are you going to do you're going to run at the rings and then off you go the main tutorial that teaches you a load of the things that you need to know is behind you you yeah. you start the game there are rings in front of you but if you don't just turn around you won't know half the abilities that you need to know to actually traverse the world I was like, what the... Because the level designers are like, we've only ever worked in 2D. Yeah. We don't know how to I do this, like, are... this three-dimensional world. It was right and jump. I couldn't believe it. I was so angry. I saw... Because when you open up your mini-map, it's got like a marker that sort of flashes and said, oh, this is a place of interest. Oh, 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 I, I want to see Mike's face. How, how many markers are on the map? How many points of interest not many, were there? Not many. Loads. Not many. I'm sorry, I'm still getting over the fact that you just said when I opened up the map on a Sonic mm. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's an open. They call it an open zone game, so it's yeah. not open world, but larger. Like open like a monster zones. hunter game, I suggest. <sighs> not no, a monster hunter game, but like that credit. kind of or, um, <laughs> or like in the Uncharted when Uncharted started doing that. Eh, this is still giving it too much. Tomb Raider started doing that as well. Yeah, let's stop giving it this much credit. Um, it- <laughs> okay, a, a two-year-old that diddles on a map. You know those maps they get in the, the kids' um, meals where you take them for like a fast food restaurant. They have to do the round. That's kind of that, it, that's yeah. what, was, what was that game that we played at uni uh, where we would hack it with Sonic characters? Remember that game? It was the RPG you, game they played? RPG. No, I remember doing it with Surgeon Simulator. And what was that, Moles? 
I remember doing stuff modding Quake 3 for having characters. No, we played an RPG at uni. It was like an online thing, and it was like number two for some reason. What was it? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to have to have a think about that and come back Oh, for to goodness you. sake. Those zones were quite in small. About, at about three in the morning, Mulch is going to wake <laughs> up and wake up his wife and just go, Guild Wars 2! And then like, ring you up. Oh, yes, I do fear you're giving it too much credit with trying to compare to those other things because it, it literally feels like someone's just in some sort of game engine made, I've made an open world. Let's just put some rails and coins in it and then Sonic can jump around in it. It doesn't is this the Temtem? Is this the Temtem of Breath of the Wild? Yeah, <laughs> no, because Temtem's actually good. This this feels like it's go on, not Henry, great. bury it. No, I'm, I I'm. It's not good. Shine I don't. up the shovel. <laughs> <laughs> this is about as rough as I'll be. It's it's not great, and the tutorial being behind you is just unforgivable. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> It's, is that just a demo thing gone wrong? Maybe. Leave your shit. Maybe. Ask, but the like, cutscene ends and you are looking at coins. Mom, you are going to go for the coins. You just go for it, don't you? Moles mentioned that you only need left or right and jump in the old games, right? What? What? Do, what do? You, what does a Sonic game in 3D? What? What do shoulder buttons do? Have you ever played any of the Sonic Adventure games or like Sonic Heroes or anything post Absolutely the 2D not. stuff? Excellent. So he Any, does what I he does in those it, I, games. <laughs> are you talking about the, the Dreamcast exclusive Sonic Adventure? Yes, one? yes, I am. Yes, with the Chow Chows. <laughs> then hot damn it, my friend, I love it. <laughs> that's that, that's the reason why not many people have played it. So, Lynn. so what does a shoulder a, button do in a Sonic game these days? A shoulder button in this game is a dodge. Spins. A dodge. It's a dodge left and dodge right. That's what it does. Press R two and he runs a bit faster. There's also a duck. Dip and dive button yeah. as well, but I, I don't, I don't want to put too much time on this one even more because it is, it's not really worth it from what I'm seeing so far. Unless this is a very early build, but it, it doesn't feel like it with this long left to go before release. Sonic Frontiers, more like Last Tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Question for you though, Hemming, yeah. are you going to dedicate the time to get the platinum for it? Oh, absolutely. Potentially, because uh, right, I am a glutton for punishment, let's be honest. Yeah. I might right, what, else was that? what else was that, EDX? Um, what else was there? Us. One that Moles will like, Street Fighter Six was there. Nice. And... Take us there, Moles. I want to smell the ground. <laughs> it was a lot better than I was expecting, because I didn't know it was going to be there, because it's not got a release date yet, other than that big, vague 2023. It looked really, really good. Like, the animations were so smooth. The backgrounds, as you expect with, like, a Street Fighter, they were bustling, they were really well animated, and just, it was so colourful. I was terrible, and you don't have much time to learn how to actually learn combos and stuff, but just... How smooth was it? It was super smooth. And the menus were really... How quick was it? It it was fast. Sonic fast. I I don't don't know (laughs) what I mean from from that. But it was very good. It looked great, and I was much more interested in looking into it going forward than I was previously uh, from what they'd shown we didn't get to play any of that weird open world mode what that, characters just could a you 1v1. be uh, you had Ryu Ken Guile and Chun-Li from the classics and then you had the four new people whose names I don't remember so I apologise there was a girl who had really really wiggly hips uh, there was a guy in a hoodie who's been in all the adverts but I don't know his name and I didn't even look at the other two because I didn't have enough time to look at everyone. But there you the go, is, that was Street Fighter. The Fight. thing is I have with Street Fighter, my issue with Street Fighter is, is back in the day you'd have all the characters given to you and you might have a couple of secret ones like an evil Ken and Ryu hidden in the depths of evil having Ken. to complete them. But Street Fighter 6, there's no Vega. Where's Vega? What? Yeah. That is, of course, it's going to be a bloody did DLC did, at some did, point, did, and they'll probably did, throw in some random, you know, versions with some hilarious names, like the Ultimate Fighter Edition 17 or something, because <laughs> we're going to get it with all the DLC, but there's no Vega. So, Well, I'm hoping that no this Vega. was just a demo edition that gave, because it only gave you eight characters. I'm hoping there's a hell of a lot more than that when the game actually think, comes out. Yeah, at release, there's going to be, I think it was 16, 18, something okay. like that, but still, no Vega. I will say I don't like Ken's design. He looks like a homeless man. So it's... that's Street Fighter Five, where he looked dreadful, and Street Fighter Six, brilliant. Yeah, he he doesn't look good. I'm so sorry. Bison, Bison is it going to be? No, he's not in it. No, I don't, I think... don't think what? so. 
No. The list, the list was out a few weeks ago, Flint. Have you not read the list of characters? Like, like no. Hamming was alluding to, you got your standard ones, and then there's some jobbers. But you, so I've, I've just gone on the website, guy. and I've got Ryu, Luke, Jamie, Chun-Li, Guile, Kimberly, Jury, Ken, Blanker, Dalzim, and E. Honda. That's all it says on... So everybody apart from Blanker and E Honda were the ones that we could play as. Oh, well, okay. Those are the eight. Yeah. Okay. You know, I love about playing Street Fighter games. I like playing Street Fighter goddamn characters. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they brought in a whole my... new roster, which is pretty, pretty interesting. Pretty how interesting. Fair play. In comparison to you know Form Five, how did it like feel? How does it play? I mean, I, I only got a couple of fights, and I'm not the best at those games anyway, so I'm probably not the most qualified. But it felt satisfying. That's the best I can give you, I'm afraid. If I knew more about the how to play the games, I could have given you something a bit more in-depth. But you only got two fights, and uh, that was it. Fair enough, man. But you have played a number of games, mm. especially fighting games. So does this feel like the next stage in evolution of one of the biggest fighting franchises of all time? Or is it a bit meh? It felt like a fun fighting game. I don't know if it's a massive evolution, but it felt fun. And that's better than I was expecting after seeing some of the trailers for it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I wasn't really stoked in the trailers, but I'm yeah. not a Street Fighter guy. Moles is our, is our Street exactly. Fighter guy. Yeah. I'd like Moles, to see him get his hands on the actual demo if it comes out for more public consumption. And then he can give us some feedback on it. I, I hope he only has. To, I hope he only. I hope you get a chance, Miles. But you only get to play as the new Snake Heaps Lady. So what's the floor what's like when you're out there? Like, was there? Like, so I saw you set, set some folks mm. cosplayers. Yeah. In a consensual, non-pervy way, I should add. Absolutely. Well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what was it like? What was the atmosphere like? Oh, the atmosphere was good. I mean, we got the early pass, so you could get in from ten, and then most people were coming in at eleven. So we tried to get into the queues for the things we wanted to see early doors. Um, yeah, it was bustling. Tons of people there. It's just, it, it feels a bit of a shame that they don't have... Some of the companies don't put the effort into these things anymore, obviously. COVID seems to have put a bit of a No one kind of knows on the return on investment. Yeah. Anymore, yeah, it? but a ton of merch stands, loads of stuff uh, to purchase and buy. Like there was a person making terrariums of Pokemon... So it was a little Pokeball. What? I, I will send you a photo of this, Mike, because I think you'll like it. They've made <laughs> sort of me. a snowball. He's like, why didn't you buy me one, God Because it. it was 150 quid. <laughs> um, I think if you called up Mikey and said, 150 quid, here's my bank details, you'd then receive just silence and a text message saying £150 <laughs> has been deposited into your account. I will send you a picture of it because it does look great. They've made a Pokeball where the top half of it is completely see-through and you've just got like a really nice environment with your Pokemon of choice just sleeping and interacting with it somehow. So What's the Temtem nice. Pokeball called? Uh, it's a Tem card. Tem card? Yeah, oh, they, they, okay. that So you could make a terrarium out of a Temtem? No, I don't think you could. No. no. Um, but yeah, you had the theatre at the very back where they had the chaps who made GoldenEye were doing a session partway through the day. We could just have a chat with them. Um, Did you ask I, about the remake? I couldn't get in. It was booked out. You had to get in advance, I'm afraid. Uh, and then you had some influencers, YouTube people. I, I'm not in that circle, so I don't know who those people are. But some people were having a good time meeting them. AKA play games in my pants, get money for it. <laughs> I don't think we had people of that. But uh, no, it was good. It was a good environment. And a lot of chatting with indie devs, which is what I quite enjoyed. You meet these guys that are making really ambitious games. Like One of the games that I enjoyed the most for the whole show was called Shadows of Doubt. And it is a PC-only game, currently, anyway, which is about a procedurally generated city where you are a detective where you have to solve procedurally generated crimes that have happened. So you wake up, you find like a letter through your door that says there's been this thing that's happened. Uh, please find some more information on Joe Bloggs. And then you have to get like a phone book out to find out where does Joe Bloggs live walk out into the city, go to Joe Blog's house. You can either knock on the door, you can lockpick your way in or smash the door in. Sometimes they leave their key under the doormat in front of the house. And it just felt like this was so ambitious 
I hope that it goes well. Is this the No Man's Sky of detective games? I mean, I I hope not in that it does well from launch. Sean Murray turns up in a cap and he goes, I've sold detective games to Norway, Arctonville. <laughs> but it, it really did seem... It's all made by one guy, so it, it just oh, seems... That, that's clearly evidence yeah. that that goes to the straight same level of detail required for a massive AAA game. Oh, it's not I'm, a I'm loving game. the Minecraft graphics. I've just been taking a look. There you go. I was going to say, it is not a AAA game. I like um, the fact that it's procedurally generated, and I yeah. do hope that they have some hilarity moments in there. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sure fun. they the, will. The best... Well, you may or may not know, but the, the the best meme of procedurally generated content is Skyrim's arrow to the knee. It was mm. made procedurally, and they left it in the game, and it's one of the you know biggest memes in the game ingredients. So I hope that you know you wake up, you get a letter through the post, and you have to, you know, my toad has been murdered. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Cause of death, ass. <laughs> I I what really want this game Which to do be well. Fair, it's I really what we do. all want on our death certificates. To be fair, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably my favourite game from from the show. Modern Warfare Two, absolute jip. Uh, people who got there on Thursday weren't allowed to play it until late in the afternoon because it's just the open beta that they released for the world, but on computers that you can queue up for at an event. It was an absolute jip. Man, that's the thing, right? And uh, it's great that and, like, this is... If they ever really want the, the game circuit conference-wise, this is from an outsider's perspective. People who are listening might might say, Adam, you're completely wrong and explain why, and I respect you for your opinions. Um, but if I compare this to the film the film scene of like fandom and conferences and that kind of stuff, you do have the equivalent of Comic-Con over here. You do have lots of different conventions and stuff like that but it's always the budget version right like or it's always gonna be like oh it's the same people touring the same stuff which you go see anywhere like if i see matey who designed the ship of alien for the fifth time again it's like oh come on mate i want to see the stuff that i'm hearing about going on over in the states so you know i don't know how much uh how many schmeckles you had to pay to get in hemming but to pay those sort of smackles just to be given access, delayed access to an open beta you could download on your PlayStation, you're not going to be generating up the hype. Yeah, that, that is that the hurt. point of these things, right? That one hurt. It's, it's 20, 20 quid to get in, it was. Um, but that one did hurt because what's the point? And the, the queuing system for it was ridiculous because there was no sort of organisation. You just went in, sat down at a computer and played for as long as you want. So the well, queue just went on forever. They didn't the Queen's queue, did they? No, uh, they didn't. Those people's books. They didn't. Um, but my uh, last thing for EGX was a game called Tin Hearts. I just want to shout that one out as well. Uh, made by the guys that did made Fable. It's like a modern day Hello, hero. modern day version of Lemmings. You have little toy soldiers, and you have to march them from the start point to the exit using little puzzle blocks to guide them on their way. And I thought, huh. I like lemmings. This looks quite cute. I'm going to give this a try. Is this the guy who Peter Melamine, whatever his name is? Uh, no, 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 it's not Peter, it's not Peter not Molyneux. Him. Oh, no. not him. Oh. This, this does look quite good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey's face is like, yeah, yes, excellent. Yeah. It's all about, it's, it was all about the indie games rather than the big ones now. Um, and they even had a competition going on between different universities. So they all had like um, a maximum of a year to make a game for the show that they could then show off. And the winner gets a five grand prize. Um, and there were a couple of interesting looking games there, all a bit rough around the edges because they're made just by people who are new to this. Um, but there was one by a company called Hawthorne Games, they called themselves. I'd have to double check that. Um, but the artwork for it was fantastic. A lot of sort of body horror reminded me of the thing kind of creepiness going nice. on. But the game itself doesn't quite live up to that amazing sketch artwork. But, you know, I hope these people do really well and good luck to them all. I hope it got them some good networking, if nothing else. Sweet. Well, Hemming, our man on the ground, I, I, I now feel like I have not wasted 20 schmeckles, but sounds like you had a great time telling us all the great stuff that's going on there. Gentlemen, my foxes, can I suggest one thing? Uh, we're at one hour three on this pod already. Can I make this suggestion? Can I propose this? 
We we slapped a sticker on this one. We call it a pod. We dropped this one tonight. It's just a quick edit. Stick out there. Going uh, part one of this session. Then maybe reconvene later on in the week. We can talk about it in the WhatsApp channel. And uh, then go straight into news and spin the wheel. Because I have a feeling when we talk about those GTA 6 leaks, that could be a whole pod within itself, to be honest. Um, how do we, What do we say? Yeah, I'm all right with that. Down to clown, my friend. Down to clown. We don't say that enough in society. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so on that occasion, on this occasion, then we are going to end this pod. If, you, if you've enjoyed what you've been listening to, click on that like, follow, subscribe, whatever you listen to, uh, to get more content from Grey Fox Plays. This is not goodbye, but see you in part two, Mr. Michael Carden Edwards. Yes, sorry for my Assassin's Creed rant, which has really derailed everything about this show. We would have been talking about GTA and Zelda and all the lovely things. We would have, we would have been spinning the wheel right now, mate. <laughs> yeah, we'd have some delicious wheel action if it wasn't for me. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Don't worry, we come, we, you, they come for the wheel, but they stay for your spiciness, my friend. And uh, something else we stay for our producer, Jonathan Moles. Thank you very much. See you in the next part. See you on the flip side. What's your favourite commando quote? I lied. <laughs> Mr. Alexander Hemming, our trophy man, the only person that brings legitimacy to this video games podcast. <laughs> oh, that's not that's not true. That's not true at all. But uh, what's the okay? Go on. What's uh, as a quick fire thing? I've, we already cunned up the name of this episode, which Mikey coined, which was on my quest to catch four hundred of the little twats. Right, I want to call part two the name the, the name of your favourite sequel of some kind so tell me just the name of your favorite sequel and then i'll ruminate on the title later <laughs> i mean die hard 2 would be the answer but how do we die harder that? pod harder pod harder pod harder i like it Heming, uh thank you mikey what's your favorite sequel name just say your favorite sequel i was muted yeah <laughs> um i would say escape from la is my favorite sequel but that's not really a no, it's okay, okay, okay. We'll, 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 we'll put a pin in that and we'll come back to it. Mosey, favourite sequel? Just ever. You would say Predator. Right? <laughs> no, it was awful. Yeah. Uh, my favourite sequel to a film would be Aliens. Yeah. It's a bit <laughs> lazy. Yes, yep. put an S on it. Yep. Apparently, I shit you not, when James Cameron was pitching Aliens to Fox, he just walked in there with the original Aliens logo and just drew a dollar sign next to it. Well, we got it and right. Just went, that's my fucking pitch. And they're like, it's James Cameron. Of course, I'm going to give it to you, motherfucker. Um, anyway, so pod harder, dollar sign at the end. Job done. Uh, anyway, speak soon, gents.